Welcome to another edition of Alternative News brought to you by Romina Betsin from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament produced at the community radio station 3CR. In today's program, we will hear Bevan Ramsden and Andrew Fullerton from the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network, IPAND, presenting a special program on Anti-Poverty Week. But first, CICD will celebrate its 60th anniversary, 60 years of active campaigning on peace and nuclear disarmament, social justice, and much, much more. We would like to invite you to celebrate this with us at our anniversary function. There will be a number of speakers who will be sharing their memories and activities with CICD. Some of the speakers are John Coxich, anti-war activist, jailed for her anti-conscription activities, artist and writer, member of the Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church and member of CICD and one of the first two women to be elected to the Legislative Council. Professor Joseph Camilleri from Pax Christi is Managing Director of Alexandria Agenda, Emeritus Professor at La Trobe University in Melbourne and a Fellow of the Australian Academy of Social Sciences. Bruce McPhee, who has arrived from Vietnam, is a multi-talented activist and was a hard-working and valuable asset to CICD when he was working there. His political understanding of the world was and is outstanding and advanced the anti-imperialist peace aims of CICD. Bruce continues to be an asset to CICD via his creative blog writing on the state of the world. John Lloyd, ex-secretary of the CICD during the moratorium period. John is involved with the Vietnam Moratorium 50th Anniversary Committee, preparing for its commemoration on 8 May 2020. There will be more speakers, plenty of food and drinks and music. The celebration will be held on Sunday 10th November from 2 to 5 p.m. at the Unitarian Peace Memorial Church, 110 Gray Street, East Melbourne. Please RSVP for catering purposes by 6th of November by calling CICD on 0414 or by email to cicd at peacecentre Now, here is Bevan and Andrew for a special program on Anti-Poverty Week. We thank Bevan and Andrew for their contribution to Alternative News. Welcome to this edition of Alternative News, produced by CICD, the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament, and broadcast at 9.15am every Sunday morning on 3CR, Melbourne's community radio station. On October the 13th, to the 19th, Anti-Poverty Week was held around Australia. The statistics about social deprivation in Australia are alarming. Nationwide, there are over 100,000 homeless people. Many people on pensions and the New Start allowance are living in poverty, unable to make ends meet or afford 
adequate dental or medical care. There is a severe and well-documented shortage of affordable housing, with rent and mortgage payments often taking over half of the family income and a record number of mortgage defaults and foreclosures. On October the 10th, SBS News reported that 9 out of 10 women who had applied for affordable housing through the women's housing charity YWCA were turned away due to lack of availability and that nearly two-thirds of these applicants were fleeing domestic violence and were either homeless, living in crisis accommodation or couch surfing. The SBS report also stated that about 5.6% of Australian defence veterans are homeless or at risk of it, with the rate of homelessness for recent ADF veterans being 5.3%, much higher than the 1.9% for the general population. How can this be in a wealthy country like Australia? I have with me Bevan Ramsden of the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network to discuss this issue. Bevan, has the government got its spending priorities wrong? The financial stress suffered by recipients of Newstart, the aged pension and other social security payments is a national disgrace. And one must ask why the government seems to be unable or unwilling to seriously tackle this problem. Obviously money doesn't grow on trees, so to improve the situation, public money has to be redirected and government priorities drastically changed. Can you suggest what areas of government spending should be put under the spotlight and how priorities might be changed? One of the first, in my opinion, has to be military spending. The Defence White Paper of 2016 stated categorically that Australia faces no military threat in the foreseeable future, yet the government has committed to spending $200 billion over the next 10 years on military acquisitions such as the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter, submarines and destroyers. One must ask whether this huge expenditure is really necessary and what motivates it. Evidence suggests that it is in response to the demand by the United States that its allies spend at least 2% of their gross domestic product on military acquisitions. The US also demands that Australia's military should have so-called interoperability with their military as it prepares for war with China or Iran. Since neither of these countries represents a military threat to Australia, the obvious question must be, why are we jumping to attention, saluting the United States and spending so much public money on the military while ignoring social needs? How much money would need to be diverted from military spending to improve public health provide affordable housing, eliminate homelessness and address the numerous other pressing social needs. Well, anti-poverty campaigners have calculated that $3.9 billion would fund an increase in the New Start allowance of $75 per week and that 
$5 billion will allow the age pension to be raised by $100 per fortnight. Additionally, the Australia Institute has calculated that $5 billion would finance 50 new primary schools and 50 new secondary schools, with 3,500 extra teachers, as well as three regional hospitals with an extra 2,500 nurses and 1,500 doctors. The figures certainly show that a redirection of priorities away from this heavy military spending would go a long way towards meeting our current social needs. Apart from cutting military spending, are there any other ways ways of funding programs to end poverty and homelessness? Uh, Clinton Fernandez, Professor of International and Political Studies at the University of New South Wales, has written a book, Island off the Coast of Asia, Instruments of Statecraft in Australian Foreign Policy. It's a very informative book, which I think is essential reading for anyone interested in Australia's foreign and economic policy. This book contains some very revealing tax statistics. For example, according to Professor Fernandes, an Australian worker on $50,000 per year paid more tax in a recent tax year than 681 major corporations, all of whom paid no tax at all. Among these was Qantas, who took $15 billion in revenue and yet paid no tax. The Nissan Motor Company took $4 billion and paid a laughable $467 in tax. It seems clear that making the big corporations pay their fair share of tax would go a long way to raising the revenue needed to fund social need. Does the current government's new tax policies address this problem or is it a case of the big corporations calling the tune? According to the Australia Institute, Scott Morrison's tax cut policies will provide those on incomes over $200,000 a year with a gift of $64 billion and will give the four big banks $39.5 billion over the next 10 years. The Commonwealth Bank, once publicly owned and now 60% American-owned, will get $2.5 billion and the 60% US-owned Rio Tinto will get $7.67 billion as a gift. So once again, the rich get the benefits and public revenue is the loser. The top 20 companies in Australia, representing half of the capitalisation of the Australian Stock Exchange, those 20 are foreign, mainly US-owned, and exert considerable influence on the government. To quote Professor Clinton Fernandes, the attention being given to possible covert influence being exercised by China in Australia should not detract us from recognising that very overt foreign influence now occurs through investment. Right now, US corporations eclipse everyone else in their ability to influence our politics through their investments in Australian stocks. Of the 20 largest corporations listed on the Australian Stock Exchange, 15 are majority US-owned. Three more are at least 25% US-owned. This includes BHP Billiton, which is 73% US-owned, the Commonwealth Bank, 60% US-owned, 
The Woolworths Group, 65% US owned, Rio Tinto, 65% US owned, and the Westpac Banking Corp, 64% US owned. Professor Fernandez correctly points out that the high level of US ownership of the top companies exerts considerable influence on government tax policy and indeed policies elsewhere which impact on their operations. The high level of foreign ownership also means that profits from those companies are largely repatriated overseas, resulting in a massive outflow of capital. Bevan, we started off discussing poverty and scarce public funds, dealt with heavy military spending and tax avoidance by corporations and the wealthy, before moving on to foreign ownership of major companies. Let's finish by returning to the anti-poverty theme. How can social needs be better addressed? I think it's clear that public funds can be found to address current social needs in Australia, but only if the government priorities are changed. Cuts must be made to military spending, which is at a level that cannot be justified by Australia's current or foreseeable strategic environment. This means standing up to the United States, refusing to take part in their wars or buy their military equipment, at least some of which is overpriced and of dubious values from the standpoint of Australia's continental defence. It means taking truly independent decisions for the benefit of the Australian people and it means adopting fair taxation policies which ensure that the wealthy and the big corporations pay their fair share and contribute appropriately to public revenue. And it means having a government of the people for the people, not a government for foreign-owned corporations or one which is subservient to a foreign power. Achieving this goal will require a massive grassroots political effort of which the recent climate change protests could be the beginning. Thank you, Bevan, for addressing the theme of this program, which has centred on the need for government spending priorities to be redirected away from military spending towards social needs. It is a timely discussion following Anti-Poverty Week, which was held throughout Australia last week. CICD would welcome any comments listeners would like to make about this program. Jot down your thoughts and send them to peacecentre at cicd.org.au. Good morning and thanks for listening. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to Alternative News, brought to you from the community radio station 3CR. I'm Romina Betson, looking forward to your company again next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.